What is going on, everybody? Um, look, did I post last week? No. Was I sick? Yes. Was I tired? Yes. But I'm back now. Um, sorry about that. I usually even like post up a, you know, Instagram story or post on Facebook or whatever. Just saying there's not going to be any podcast this week. And I didn't do that because I was pretty cooked. I had probably the busiest social week in my life. Look at me being popular. And uh, I was pretty tired and I kind of got sick. So apologies. But what we're going to do today, we may as well just get into this because um, obviously we did have the AFLW grand final loss. Um, I did go to that with the close to a flag guys, Amani. And um, yeah, we did not get the chocolates in that one, unfortunately. And I recorded an episode uh, with Joel again. Uh, looking at players who we think might be under a bit of pressure for different reasons next season with the people we've brought in, um, with the people we've drafted and so on and so forth. We sort of explain it all during the interview anyway. So I'm going to drop that uh, piece in now. And then at the end, um, we're going to talk a little bit of AFLW grand final, uh, but not too much because we lost. It's sad. And we're going to try and keep it positive in the off season. Um, Other than that, Thank you for all the support. If you guys are listening on YouTube, please subscribe. Um, YouTube's doing really well for me recently. Uh, I'm going to try and film these very soon once I get their proper equipment. Um, by the start of next season, I'll be filming them and putting them up there for you guys to see my face. Um, <laughs> for all the shock and horror, I'm sure we're going to watch next year as part of our North Melbourne Premiership journey. Um, but yeah, subscribe on YouTube, please. I've got all the socials. I love to interact with everybody. I'm always slow on the messages, so I apologize if I don't get back to people uh, as quickly as I would like to. But I always put polls up, ask you guys stuff, get you guys to contribute to the show, which you do really, really, really well. So yeah, Further North Podcast, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, slash X, all the stuff. Anyway, that's enough of the corporate jargon. I'm going to drop the interview with Joel right now. It's a good one. See, you know what? Tell me which ones you guys don't agree with because I reckon there's some hot takes in here and if you don't agree with one of them, message me and let's chat about it because I don't know. I wonder if all the things – it's crazy, isn't it, supporting a team because all the things I think, I'm like, yeah, this is so obviously how it is. Then there's so many other people that are like, what? That dude in the podcast is crazy. Why would he think that? So – no, we can all be friends and disagree, but let's have some North banter. There's not really much more going on until next year with North Melbourne now. So uh, just a lot of blokes in Speedos on the Instagram, which, you know, that's what we're here for, I guess. So anyway, that's enough. I'm rambling. Um, enjoy the interview with Joel and yeah, some AFLW chat after. Welcome back, everybody, to the Further North podcast. I'm doing a little bit worse for wear today, um, but we've got Joel back on the podcast for a little bit of... Uh, emotional support for me at the moment. Um, I did go to the AFLW grand final, obviously uh, not the only reason why I'm a little bit worse for wear at the moment. A massive week for me and I'm a little bit under the weather. So if my voice is croaky or I cough, I apologize in advance, but uh, maybe we get Joel to host today and I'll pretend to be the guest. I'm sure you're confident at doing that, Joel, right? Ah, yeah. You know, just randomly drop in and start talking about football. That'll, that'll work well for us. <laughs> yeah. You're the host of the podcast now. It's your podcast. I'm handing it to you. I'll just keep asking you questions now is my uh, <laughs> baseline. It's like, how do you think? No. Absolutely. Well, um, <clears throat> what we're going to do today is uh, basically after the draft, um, we're going to talk about which players we think might be at, uh, at risk or maybe need to step their games up or players that need to be looking over their shoulder who 
um, you know, might be at a little bit of risk of getting dropped out of the team or have one of the young guys step over the top of them. So we're basically just going to go turn for turn here and discuss which players we think might uh, have a little bit to think about or be under a little bit of pressure. So we're going to keep it pretty simple. We're going to go turn for turn and do that. And I'm sure there'll be some fun uh, discussion points in this. So I guess, um, do you want to kick us off, Joel? Actually, you're the host today. So do you want to kick us off with oh. the first player you think's under a bit of pressure now? Um, yeah, I guess I can start us off. Uh, depends how controversial I really want to go to start off with, but let's start let's with Let's go controversial. Let's reel the let's listener in so listen to the whole thing. Yeah, and it'll probably upset poor Marnie, but I reckon uh, oh, no. Hugh Greenwood's at real danger by the end of the year. Oh, dear. Sorry, Marnie, to kick it off uh, this way. As you know, Joel brought that up, not me. Um, so <laughs> look, you can message him uh, a scathing uh, message and I can uh, remain in the good books with Marnie. But uh, why, do you, why do you think uh, Hugh Greenwood might be under a bit of pressure? Well, he's one of our more senior players at this point. He's was struggling to get games last season. Um, he's coming to the end of his contract at the end of 2024. And I'm not sure where I see him sitting in our list. The mids have sort of been preferenced now with the younger guys. Um, if he's playing at the end of the year, there's going to be other players that will probably be, probably be bringing up that will be in different concerns. Um, and as a forward, which is probably the next role that he plays, if it's not inside mid, it's a forward. I don't see his position being held as well with now Dersma coming in with now, I mean, you'll be wanting Ford to probably prioritize forward slash wing over him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think his position now is becoming a lot more vulnerable. And I, I like him as a player, but I think his position's a lot more vulnerable these days than it was in previous seasons. Yeah, I I did have um, Hugh on the list here. I'd, not right at the top for me, but I think one thing he does have in his favor is he, he is pretty handy uh, all over the ground. And mm. when we do eventually get injuries, which of course is going to happen, I think he might be one of the first on the list to sort of plug into a forward role, you know, the midfield, obviously. And look, as much as I love Ruckman Hugh Greenwood, I don't know if that's going to be the strategy that we <laughs> go with. So um, I think the thing that does go in his favor is he is very versatile, but I would say if we are firing on all cylinders, I don't know exactly where I'd put him. I think he'd be a really good sub. Um, because you can play him in so many positions. I think the sub rule is something maybe we need to have a look at a little bit just because I'm not sure how many times a sub came on who won a team a game. I'm probably missing something here because, look, I'm not completely all over it like so, like yourself maybe. But, you know, putting another fast winger or a fast midfielder on, I don't know if that is the player that you need as a sub. And I think a guy like Hugh Greenwood, you know, is – perfect for that sort of role. If, if one of our forwards goes down or it's not clicking in the forward line, obviously the midfield, he can get in and under if we're not winning it out of the midfield. And, you know, mm. if uh, Jerry's ankle explodes or something like that again, yeah. um, we can chuck you in there. But um, yeah, I think, look, last year, you, you're right. Last year, you know, struggled to get a game prioritizing youth. I could maybe see him getting a game if we're good for a bit of experience and, say we do a lot better than we're expected and he's sort of part of that. He will keep his spot, but you know, I, I expect us to be near the bottom again. Like, so maybe that does prioritize youth over, um, over experience and maybe a constant seven to eight out of 10 every week compared to somebody who's going to be 10 or 10 out of 10 or five out of 10, but they're like 20 years old, you know? Yeah. Well, he's currently the second oldest player on our list, which is a bit of a shock. Mm. Um, 
he's also like I mean like did he end up playing against Gold Coast? Was he in that game? I don't think so. I don't think so. And that was a list of that was a lot of midfielders out and a lot of forwards out. And like that's the kind of game where you would be plugging in a senior body to try to uh you know mm. get those games in. He's no, uh, I, can, I, I actually like him a lot as a player. But there was just yeah. something I, my gut feel is he's uh if he's playing the last six games of the year, um, I'm assuming either there's a big injury list or yeah. uh, players haven't come along as we would hope that they would. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And it is harsh because I like Hugh Greenwood. I think mm-hmm. every time he is on the field or in the team, I'm like, cool. I've got absolutely no problem with it. But I guess, you know, one of the things I did realize, um, I did try and write down my, what I think the best 22 would be for North um, next year. And yeah. I'm not going to reveal that just yet. That's going to be another episode in itself at some point. But, um, you know, there, there are a few players that I'm like, wow, I can't believe these guys aren't getting in the team. And that's a problem we've never really had for the last four years. So that's a good thing, you know, good players, in the twos or on the fringes. Um, we mm. need to have more of that because <clears throat> that means our list is more talented. And if we do get injuries or when we get injuries, we're not plugging in, you know, Phoenix Spicer or Jack Marnie yeah. or someone like that. So hey, you got a gig up at the Gold Coast. So let's not forget Marnie's still on a list now. Yep. Yep. Yes. Um, I wonder what dirt he's got on the AFL or Damien Hardwick. But look, um, good luck to him. And I'm excited for Jack Marnie to kick, uh, I kick hope he five has a very good against us, against in, us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when we play the Gold Coast. So, and we'll be like, why do we let this guy go? So anyway, um, Hugh Greenwood, good shout. I'll throw out another one to you then. And this is my top of the list. Biggest one uh, is Jai Simpkin, our captain. Um, oh. My my explanation for this is not that he's not going to be in the best 22 because he definitely is in our best 22, but I don't see him uh, being in our best three or four for the midfield. I'd say LDU, Taron Thomas, George Wardlaw are the best three. He's probably in that next group. Um, he's better than a Will Phillips or someone like that. Um, so I don't think he's announced. He's going to get plenty of midfield minutes, by the way. Don't, don't get this twisted. You know, I think he's going to get plenty of time. Um, McKercher obviously going through there. Uh, Will Phillips. Um, I think what is is going to get more minutes in there as well. So look, I think he's probably our fourth or fifth best midfielder, um, to be in the center bounce. The other thing is, could he go on a wing? Well, Stevens and Bailey Scott have sort of got those locked up except for an injury. Um, mm-hmm. And then you could see him maybe on a high half forward role pushing into the midfield, which I think might be his best position next year. Um, but then you've got Eddie Ford, you've got Dersma, um, you've got yeah, Braden George. If he comes on, you've got Paul Curtis and Jane Stevenson and all these other guys in those roles. So look, he's definitely in our best 22 and I'm not suggesting he's not. I think he's a good captain and he's going to be there, but as our starting 22 and our best 22 I'm not I'm not sure he's in our midfield three I'm not sure he's on the wings and I'm not sure he's on the half forward line what do you what do you think about that um you know there's actually like his contract like his contract is one of our longest contracts currently um Mm. he'll but I do completely agree I struggle to see next year like as an inside mid I would want to prioritize 
Phillips in the inside mid role because I think we need to develop him. He needs to get games into him. Mm. Um, and then as an outsider one, he doesn't have the disposal or the pace anymore of uh, your LDUs, your Taron Thomases. McCurch looks really quick as well. Season. McCurch is, yeah, very quick on the outside and he can go inside a bit. Um, I did watch the highlights and the replay of the Sydney game and he did kick a couple of nice goals in big moments as well. I think he's um, always Sipkin. been decent in front of goal as yeah, well. Yeah, he has. I think he started more as that high as well, that high half forward, and then he sort of moved to the middle and he's got a um, – and they always love to show his topless photos on the uh, north uh, Well, and you've got a rig that. like that, mate. You, oh. may as well, um, you may as well show it off. Uh-huh. I don't tend to have the same rig when I take my top off, but we'll look at his <laughs> for now. But, uh, we can only was, dream. Um, can only dream. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think his role's in serious – like he'll have to seriously look at the position he's playing and probably change. I don't, mm. I agree with you. I don't see him as the start like at the center bounce at the start of the game. Who are we going to see in that, um, that bounce? Yeah. And I don't see him in that role. Yeah. I wouldn't be concerned if he wasn't in that, role. Oh. like if he was in that role though, like, you Completely know, like agree. I put Wardlaw LDU Taron as our three midfielders, but if Wardlaw, is his hammy's a bit tender and Simkin goes in oh. there. I'm not concerned at all. And once again, I'll double yeah. down. I, I really like Jai Simkin and he's going to be in our, you know, in our best 22. But um, I think my main point was which position is he going to lock down a position or is he going to have to be a bit of a utility to sort of play where there's a gap or when there's an opportunity. And, you know, does your, should your captain be the sort of player that's like, Oh, well, he's not in our best three midfielders. He's not, going to be the best two wingers or the half forwards. I'm not exactly sure. I think he is a great leader. I think him and Larky are the two best at the club and I don't have a problem with Justin can be the captain, but yeah, I think, you know, the thing to, um, to watch for Jai next year is what is his role on this team? Is he going to be the half forward? Is he going to be in the midfield? And I think he'll do a little bit of both, but I'm more saying like a specific defined role where he is best. Yeah. I, yeah, I completely agree with you on that. I think, well, my gut feel with the club of what I've seen, particularly from the social medias they put out, are sort of showing where they're going. They want, I think it's fairly obvious that they want the future captain and the future leaders to be Sheasel and Wardlaw at this point. Like you watch every social media, they're just pumping those guys out. Yeah. Um, and all, a positive news stories, which is like, may I add, Sheasel looks the absolute goods for that role. Like he yes. talks extremely well. He's he does. a good on-field leader. He, you know, he does all these things that you really love to see. Um, and Matt, like Simpkin's done that through some of the hardest time for us as well. And I love Simpkin as a player, but mm. I think he's, yeah, the inside mid or the role that he's built, he's, or that he won his uh, best and fairest for us off um, is probably not the role that he'll have going into next year. I think this sure. year or this year coming, he'll probably play, uh, he'll still get a huge amount of center bounces. Absolutely. I don't think absolutely. Change. But it's not going to be quite the same as it was, which is positive for the club as a whole. I think so too. Yeah, I think so. It sounds harsh, and it, yeah, once again, it's no, it's no spite on Jaya whatsoever. But yeah, that um, to define his role exactly and where he's best in this team going forward will be interesting uh, to to see. Um, do you want to yeah. throw out a, another one at me? Um, yeah, we can go for a bit of a softer one, I reckon. And uh, Lazaro. Yep, I've got Lazaro down here. I've sort of got him in a little bit of a a mix of players that I think aren't in our best twenty-two, mm. but I don't know how they get in and uh, you know what I, I mean I'll, I'll should we lump these ones together because I do have a few could, more maybe yeah, bigger few talking points but the the three players I've got in a different category here are more uh Blake Drury Cooper Harvey and Charlie Lazaro where I think they are definitely in the twos um 
And I, if all things are going well, I don't know how they get into the senior team, especially a Cooper Harvey and a Blake Drury um, or Lazara, to be fair. I mean, Lazara, you got McKercher there now. Cooper Harvey, you've got a Dersmer on top of the gluttony of half forwards. And Blake Drury, yeah. I'm not sure where he plays, to be honest. I'm not sure if he's a halfback or a half forward, but half forward, we already know there's there's heaps of those. And Sheasel and now Fisher and Bergman and Goda are all off halfback. I'm, I'm not sure how these players get into the team. And to be honest with you, I don't, I hope, they kind of don't get in the team and only because that means that the best players are playing consistently. But, you know, those three have a lot to prove. I think Charlie Lazaro's last game uh, against the Gold Coast was very, very good. good. Um, Cooper yeah. Harvey maybe didn't. He he, he looks like an, a good AFL player, but will he be in the best 22? I'm not sure. And I haven't seen heaps from Blake Drury. And, and, you know, his first game was decent and then he fell away pretty quick. They're all very young and have plenty of time and they might become stars. I'm not writing them off in any capacity, but yeah, those three, I'll, let's lump together. And I I think it's good if they're not in the team because it means we're doing okay. But also, yeah, I, I wonder how they are going to get games barring injury. Yeah, I went to a lot of VFL games last year and Lazaro absolutely tears it up at VFL level. Like he yeah. gets 30 plus disposals, he's goal assistant, he's doing everything. But the role that he plays there is deep inside mid at every center bounce. He's there. He's, yeah, for every major bounce, every major throw up, he's the first one at the feet of the ball. Um, and that's where he thrives at AFL level. He's behind a lot of players in that role. Um the Gold Coast game, we saw him play that role, to be honest. I think that was probably why we saw him get the uh, skill that he had and the talent that he had um, on display. Um, so I think like he's got a lot of assets, but I tend to agree with you. I don't think he's going to make it to the next level, which is he'll be a great VFL player, but I'm not sure he gets ahead of – like he doesn't have the burst away pace or the disposal of the other guys that are ahead of him. Um, Cooper Harvey, it's his second year now. Second year, I yeah. think. He, yeah, I think he'll um he's in competition with a lot of players in that role. Um mm. he's got a good contested that I thought but like he's got a lot to prove this year. Like I I struggle to see what a successful season is for him this year. Like realistically, he would be wanting to play 12 games or half the season in the seniors at least um and be pushing constantly. Um short of that, it's starting to struggle to see where he is. Um, and yep. then Blake Drury, um, well, he's the uh, third child in the uh, Wardlaw Sheasel uh, Drury <laughs> table. He's best mates with those guys. And if he keeps them happy, he can stay on our list for as long as he likes us. <laughs> yeah, he's there strictly for team chemistry. It's like when we brought in Shane Harvey for Brent Harvey. Well, we Jade Rawlings, did he get a run at North or was he never at North? He was at oh, he was, he was. Was he at North? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was Jade and uh, yeah, Jade was there. I brought him for a, a short run, I think. But we brought in uh, Shane to keep uh, Brent happy. And uh, (laughs) I think we've brought Drury in to keep the other boys happy. So if he keeps them happy, I'm happy. Yeah, look, good on him. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of positive about Blake Drury with his leadership and things like that. But I guess your uh, your leadership, you know, not not it doesn't matter, but your leadership is shown when you're in their best 22, I guess. So Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So Um, look, they're... um, I'm also noticing on here. Up. Oh God, oh, no! <laughs> um, the, none of these are key position players as well. Well, you know, I wish any of those guys were key. If any of those guys were key position players, I'd be like, look, they might be able to push and find a spot in this team. But you know, we keep drafting midfielders, and I'm not sure what that says about Lazaro um, and a, a Drury because a lot of you know, 
these days in the AFL, we love drafting midfielders and putting them off half back yeah. every club. So yeah, look, if they get into the side, they're clearly playing well and that's good. But if they're not in the side, that means the players who I'd say maybe have a bit more talent than them are also playing very well. So it's kind of a win-win, but um, once again, not any, uh, not players that I don't want to see play in the senior team. I just maybe don't think they've got as high of a, a potential or a quality yeah. of game, but you know, once again, it, these are good problems to have. So um, mm. hopefully that there's a, a bit more depth instead of bringing in some players that we, uh, we mentioned before. Um, all right. I'll, I'll throw out another one, another big one here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam Zerha. Cam Zerha. Now we love Bull. We all love Bull and we love his cooking. We do love Bull. Um, but Bull had a very inconsistent year and a very average year. When he was on the field, let's just talk about that besides the injuries. He had games where he can obviously, and this has been his career, he can win a game off his entire, or of his own boot, sorry. And, um, then there was a lot of times where he was pretty anonymous having single digit disposals to half time and a bit wayward in front of goal. Um, I think drafting a Dersma um, puts pressure on him. Um, mm-hmm. I could maybe see him playing as that center half forward again, like he did a couple of seasons ago. Um, but you know, there are other guys that could partner up with Larky up there. I know they're not our favorite options, but like a Coleman Jones can do it. And, and Charlie Combin, depending on where he sees himself or where the club sees him uh, going in the, in the side. But I just think there's, I still think he's in our best 22 sort of like Jai Simkin. I think he's best 22 because on his day, he's electrifying the King of Marvel, but you know, I think it's more just the extra pressure of another 190 centimeter half forward coming onto the list with a very high potential. I think that might just put a little bit of pressure on him, which could be good because if he can get his fitness up um, and start being more consistent, he can be a fantastic player for us and even sort of slide into the midfield because I think in spurts, he was incredibly dynamic in the midfield as well. So Zerha is my, uh, is my next. Oh, it's harsh on poor Bull. I, uh, I mean, I don't, there's aspects that I really, like my issue with Bull and I love him as a player is the difference between he's good and he's bad is really big at the moment. Like yeah. when he's, when he doesn't play well in a game, he's very, he's nearly non-existent in the game. Correct. Um, yeah, and where like this season, well, he only played 16 games, which is a decent amount. He kicked 20 goals out of those. I think he was still our third highest goal scorer, Mayad, which is a bit of an indictment on our forwards. It's concerning. Um, <laughs> That's fine. That is concerning. <laughs> um, and he came off the year before, what was it, 19 games and 34 disposals. So, you know, he had a decent year before, but it is a big year for him. Like, we're so short in that forward line. And, like, I don't see him as a number two forward, which he's always been playing. Um, I so he has no choice though, three. doesn't he, with our yeah. key forward depth? Yeah. I mean, if you get him onto that mid-size, he can create a lot of issues. And they've they started to move him more into the middle as well, which I think is sort of to give a bit more body in that mid where he can sort of create a bit of space for the other guys to run through. Um, the other thing with him is he, he is out of contract and there's always going to be those links back to Perth for him. Um, mm. Though I think he's very – like my gut feel is – He's very close with like your Larkies and a few of those guys yeah. where they're really good mates. I'm not sure that's something that I he think would leave with. there's a chance we're above both of those Western Australian teams anyway. I don't think Freeman is too appealing. To be honest, look, no. Fremantle might make the finals next year. That you never know, but I'd say they're probably less <laughs> or more likely to not than they will. And West Coast, I mean, Harley Reid's cool, I guess, but you know, there's still it, a very yeah. aging <laughs> aging list there that needs some work. So, you know. Uh, 
I might, I have said this on a few podcasts before that I, my gut feeling is Zerha is going to leave. Um, I mm. haven't, I haven't seen him be as committed. I just, I just get a yeah. gut feeling that he's not like fully in with the North project. Um, I think he is but he very did. close yeah. with people, but sorry, you go. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I don't disagree with your thought pattern, but the only thing I'd say with him is even though he does have the link back to Perth, the last time there was strong links for him, it was for Essendon. Um, so it was for Melbourne clubs mm. opposed to anywhere else. But that's kind of what I, I see from him. It's like, yeah. I, I have a feeling that it's not going to be because of Perth. I, well, everyone knows my thoughts yeah. on the go home factor. And I think it's, it's trash and nowhere near as mm. big of a problem if we stop talking about it so much, but also I, I could fully see him leaving for a, even a Hawthorne if they go up or a Bulldogs or, or an Essendon. Mm. I, I could, and I don't know why exactly, because I really love Cam Zerha. Like this is no shade on him and my love for Cam Zerha. I, I think he's electric on his day and I hope he plays his whole career for North gets incredibly consistent because he'll be a fan favorite for a decade here. Um, but, you know, once again, like Simkin, he's definitely in our 22. Definitely. Like mm-hmm. there's no question he's in our best 22, but you know, I just think there's that little bit more pressure on him now with another half forward there. Um, where exactly does he play? Like, is he going to somehow be able to play a, a center half forward type role with his height? Um, is he yeah. going to go in the midfield more? It's more a question about where does he fit in? And if he doesn't fit into a particular spot, there is pressure to maybe for a Dersma or someone like that to overtake him. Yeah, well, Dersma, like, my gut feel is a successful season for Dersma would be playing 12 games. Like, that'd be a really successful season. Because I think, like, he's not – you look at his body size, he's still very thin. He's going to take a little while to develop to what he needs to get to. And I think Bull's position that he plays at the moment is exactly what Dersma can do. Except Dersma's, hopefully, by the time he's playing serious AFL, will be – able to spend the same amount of time in the middle as well mm. um, and have that forward middle role and, you know, hit there for impact. Um, so I think Bull's, you know, going to play that role for a while. But um, I'd be curious to see Bull if we had a really competent uh, second tall in the forward line. Like, mm. I'd be curious to see how he would go in that. Like, he won that. I still remember the Richmond game that he played where he won the game off his own boot. He nearly yep. won the Essendon game for one of the Essendon games this season as well yep. by impact. Uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how he goes in the next. This season is a very big season for him, and it's a contract mm. year for him. So, if he uh, has a really good year, you'll start to see the contracts come for him. If he plays like he played last year, I think he'll be, you know, middling, and then there won't be too much competition for him. Do we want him to not play at his peak so we can make sure we secure <laughs> him, or do we want him to uh, like have a, have a 50 play- goal season and then, uh, you know, Carlton snaps him up or something like that? No. It's like uh, Daniel Wells. Nothing was better than contract year Daniel Wells. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I, I love Wellsy. Wells, yeah. good player. But contract year Wells was, uh, you know, all Australians, yeah. caliber. And Unreal. got a few in that that category this week, this year. So, yeah, true. Wonder where Kane Corns will predict him to go because he won't predict him to stay at North with the mass yeah. exodus we are meant to see already, which oh, hasn't happened yet. It's, it's very strange. Um, all right. Uh, give us another one then. Um, I'll go to my, uh, brother's favorites. Um, my brother, Rudy, he loves this guy, Curtis yep. Taylor. Ah, uh, yep. Curtis Taylor. Interesting. He's a, uh, real delisting risk at the end of the year. If he hasn't, uh, mm. solidified his spot, he's been on yep. Ellis for a fair whack now. He came in with so much promise and he had some very good games, but, and I thought this year was the year for him to really step up. Um, 
but he just seems to got he got replaced by Ford midway through the year, and Ford took the wing and was playing the role just as well, but a lot younger and a bit more development, or two years mm-hmm. younger and a bit more development. So I'll be curious to see uh, Curtis this year. I think he's in. He's finding and with Stevens coming in particularly, um, you've got Stevens on one, Bailey Scott. I'm not sure where he fits into the list as well. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I guess, you know, Curtis did play those couple of games as a tagger. So I guess it's interesting to see if Clarkson goes uh, like uh, something to do with that again, because we really don't have a midfield. Like if we were going to, if we needed to tag someone right now, who would you pick to do it on our team? Gosh, Kane Turner's not there anymore, so I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) I think it kind of has to be Curtis Taylor. Not that I think he can do that, but he clearly is better at it than we'd probably suggest. I don't know. I I could maybe see him getting a few games if he develops that in that role. But I I agree with you. Like him on the half forward line, once again, the gluttony of players there, the wings hopefully look pretty locked up. I don't see Curtis Taylor as an incredibly quick player. Um, I don't think he's incredibly skillful as well. I think I think we might have seen the best of Curtis Taylor, to be honest. And, you know, I, I agree with you. As harsh as it is and as much as I don't like saying it, I, I think you're right. I think he is a, a strong delisting chance um, at the end of the season. Yeah, just to put into comparison for him, he came into our side the same year as Thomas and Scott. So like Scott, oh wow, yeah, yeah. Scott's best on our best twenty-two every week. He's probably Scott's arguably the first one of three chosen, and uh, yeah, Thomas is without behaviors. He's arguably our most skilled player. Oh, yeah, so. absolutely. Mm, yeah, where do you know where Curtis Taylor was drafted? What uh, position in the draft roughly he might have been? I think he was mid, uh, like twenty or thirties. I think he was. Okay, I'm curious. Let's think about that. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, I don't. Yeah, he doesn't necessarily I, I'm trying to think of the things that he can really really add to this team and I I just think he's he could be like a, a decent player on a on an average team um and we are an I'll average team but, but yeah look um I guess we'll see I guess we'll see yeah. um all right my go now and um the third player on the list that I have here uh is Tom Powell I think <laughs> we could talk about it similar to Lazaro but even he, he is a player that I think would play over Charlie Lazaro. I think once again, with the midfield depth and barring injury, um, I don't see Tom Powell being able to play in a different position than the midfield. I, I don't see him off a halfback, you know, gluttony of half forwards, which we've mentioned heaps. I think he struggles to get games next year. Um, McKercher and, uh, Zerha, if Dersma does push into a midfield, maybe not uh, next season, but in the next couple of years, there, there's lots of players that can go through there. Um, here, here's a quick question before we go on about it. Who would you play, Powell or Greenwood, if you had to pick one of them? Um, Powell, personally. Um, Greenwood's obviously better at the moment, but I see the upside with a Powell. Um, mm. And Greenwood, I, I said I really like Greenwood as a player. I don't want that to be sort of uh, that I don't think it's a good player. Marnie's going to come over you. <laughs> violence. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I really like Greenwood as a player a lot. And I think he's just a bit unlucky for where we are at, at the moment as a club. Um, mm. Powell is actually very similar because of like Powell, I think could find another club and be very successful in another club. Um, just cause I think he's got all the assets, but yet again, he's behind players that are extremely, extremely capable in their positions. Um, like it sounds weird to say about a team that's on the, you know, bottom two picks, but like our 
when you're talking about LDU and what Wardlaw offers, um, and that's where mm. Powell needs to be, really. He needs to be that inside-outside mid. He's got a bit of pace. He can kick goals as well, which sort of goes in his favour. They tried mm. to play him a bit higher as a half-forward in a few games, and he kicked a couple, but um, I don't think that's his position where he lands. I think he is really tough to get a game, and I it's a shame because I really like him as a player. Uh, mm. He's a player that I really like, and I just don't see where he fits as well, which is actually really frustrating. Unfortunate, but once again, at the signs of being a better team, are players like that not being able to get a mm. get a game? You know, I like personally, I think I'd pick Greenwood over Powell to play. I know Powell's got more yeah. upside for our future, but I don't know. I think Greenwood offers more in more positions and maybe can cover in roles that we need a lot more than what Powell could do. So, personally, I'd pick Greenwood over over Powell, not for the future, obviously, but like I said, I think mm. he's a bit more versatile. So, that one's going to be an interesting one. Um, but yeah. hey, he's going to get his opportunity. Yeah, they're both out of contract, contract yeah. is he? Powell's out of contract as well. So yeah, they're both okay. at the end of the year. It'll be really fascinating. You, yeah, that's a very good watch to the end of the year one because, um, yeah, I don't think you can play both of them at the same time as well. Like, yeah, or with Bar the an injury, like an injury, injury sort of crisis. To be fair, yeah, yeah, agreed. It's um a bit of a shame though because both of them, I, I'll, as both both players, I really like both players. I think Tom Powell still has a fair bit of value on an open market, just given yeah, that he's yeah. young. But my gut feel is, my understanding is they probably dangled him a little bit in this off season. And I don't think there was a huge amount biting. So it'd be interesting to see. Mm. Okay. Um, hit us with another one. Um, oh, well, we've got a one that I think is really needing a big season. Um, yep. One of your favorites in Coleman Jones. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This will set me off, yeah. but uh, go for it, mate. Tell me why. Um, he's been on our list now for three years. He's like his third say. year coming up, I think. Third year. And I think he has not played that many games. Mm. Um, he hasn't held down a spot. There's nothing like he was behind. Oh, it's, yeah, he's coming into his third year with us. He played 10 games in the first, nine games in the second. Um, at the start of last year when they had their options, they played – Combin ahead of him. Mm. Um, it's a role that he really should have just nailed down at the this season um, or at the end of last season. I don't think he did it. Mm. Um, it's a. I think he's someone that really needs to uh, – I think it's a big year for him this year. Like he's going to have a contract for another year, but he needs to nail this year. Mm. Yeah, he needs to find his spot this year in the team. And I actually had Coleman Jones down here as well. And I – you know, I, I think – I. I once again, my, my biases and things like that, I'd probably start him in the ruck over Jerry. I think he can, Common mm-hmm. Jones can offer more than, than Tristan Jerry can. Um, the, let's, <laughs> I know a lot, not a lot of people are going to agree with that, but it's true. Like, uh, you know, that I don't think there's much of an argument to say that Tristan Jerry is a better ruckman than Common Jones. And Common Jones is definitely a better forward or contested yeah. mark up on the wing. I'm not saying Common Jones is, you know, uh, Max Gorn, but, um, you know, our ruck options are slim to none. Um, let's lump another player I've got on in here then with Common Jones because I think it is part of the discussion. I've got Charlie Combin on here and I, I think it really depends for me uh, where does Chom play? Does he go back? Because it's very, very, very strong word that he's going back and by all reports he's training with the, with the back line at the moment and I think – Common Jones is, I would be playing Common Jones uh, with um, 
Larky up forward as well. I think that that's our best forward combination of tools. I would probably, in an ideal world, if we were going to play our best 22, I would rather Combin in the back line and Coleman Jones in the forward line than I would Combin in the forward line and no Coleman Jones, if that makes sense, if we were going to, you know, put them somewhere on the field. So, you know, a massive year for Coleman Jones. If Combin goes back, I think it's a little mm. bit easier for him to get opportunities in a game, but he definitely needs to show it and show the talent that he does have, but, uh, you know, hasn't been consistent with. And is it consistent because he's been bad? Not always. I think, you know, he, he did get concussed a couple of times. And for me, the first month of football he showed was the biggest hole on our list. Was the next four mm. weeks very good? No, it was not. So, um, it really does depend on on Combin, but let, let's lump those two together in the discussion because I think you can't have the Combin-Jones discussion without now, uh, the discussion about Combin going back or staying in the forward line. Yeah, no, I actually very much so agree on that. I think, well, there's slightly different knocks that I have on both of them. Uh, CCJ just hasn't, like there was a couple of games here and there where I can see why they've taken him and what they see in him. Um, but then there's been the games that he, I get again, the difference between his best and his worst is significant. Um, He's had games where he's just non-existent. Um, uh, Combin, he's been on our list for a decent amount of time now as well. I think he's like five years odd Um, and he just can't get his body right. And if like, I think he's got a two year contract, but if he doesn't get his body right over the next few years, and sometimes that happens, it takes a while, but then a lot of good careers have been ruined by injuries. Mm. Um, He's got the assets and it felt like watching his games, it felt like he was close to that breakout game where he was going to tear something apart. Um, and then he unfortunately had the injury again. So it's very, uh, very frustrating. He's just such a likable guy. He's, yeah. Uh, yeah, by all reports, he's loved around the club and he's got so many assets to play well. And that is just, mm. I'd love to see him. If he could get like him success for him next year is to play for Combin is to play 18 games. Like if he plays yeah, 18 absolutely. games and has, you know, a couple of breaks for body, which is going to be his career, I think at best is he's going to, I don't think he'll play a 23 game season, what it is now, but if he plays 18 games around there and has a few games off here and there, that would be a very successful season for him, I think. Yeah. I, I'm for the record, I'm, and I've said this before, I'm all for him going in the back mm. line. Um, I, I think he needs to, I, I think if, to be honest, if, if, Combin and Coleman Jones are lining up for goal and we're five points down. I trust Coleman Jones more than Combin. I think his kicking yeah. was very iffy. Um, you know, Combin's got athleticism. He's got the agility. He's got more skills than Coleman Jones, but I think as a, as a fundamental forward, Coleman Jones is better. Um, I could, I, I only see Combin nailing down a position in this team if he plays in the back line. I think you know, the forward line is too taxing on his body and we've seen it with Tarrant. Mm. Um, I think, and you know, that that's the best injury comparison one because Common's been so that's injury prone. That's a very prone. fair one. Very good one. You know, um, and we've seen Darcy Moore and, and Ben Mackay were also forwards when they got drafted and, and went back, not because of injuries, but just fitting in the team and, and attributes, yeah. I guess. So I don't know. We've seen it happen time and time again. And, and Tarrant is a great um, comparison with injuries. So, you know, I think, yeah, I think, I'd like to see Combin go back um, and I think he needs to nail down a position and I think it's harder for him to nail down a spot in the forward line than it is in the back line. I do think uh, Combin could be our best defender 
by the end of next season if everything goes right. Yeah, hopefully. And I, I, I agree. I think his move down back makes sense in a lot. That's a very good – I think Terrence is a very, very good comparison. Um, mm. I mean, we had similar with uh, Lockie Hanson when they moved him back and forth, not because of injuries, but they did a couple of switches with him. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, – yeah, no, it's a good one, I think. And I'll, he's got the assets and the tools. He's got the speed. He's um, got a very good leap on him. It's similar mean, to Majak as well, to be honest. Not yeah. once again, not because of injuries, but Majak was a little bit wayward in the forward line. I think Combin's yeah. probably shown a bit more than Majak did in the forward line. Combin yeah. is a great mark, and you know, if he could kick straight, I think he's gonna he could be a great forward. But um, you know, the the lack of maybe polish, or you need mm. less polish in the back line, I would say, than the forward line. In the back line, it's more important to be physically there, to be out of spoil and bring the ball to ground. And you mm. don't want, you don't need that as much in the forward line. I think with his attributes, you know, and his injuries, I think the back line would be the perfect spot to just concentrate on creating a contest, one-on-one contests and bringing that ball to ground and putting him on a Hawkins or a Taylor Walker or someone like that. So, yeah, interesting, um, interesting yeah, for right. those two. Um, yeah. Sorry, do you have something else to say about Coleman Jones or Comet? Uh, no, I was going to say, uh, Magic, I think, did kick six goals in his first game mod against the Doggies. I think I was yeah, that I, game. Yeah, I went on, uh, <laughs> I went on hashtag kangaroos um, a few days ago and with an episode with Dean to, and he asked me what my best yeah. my game memories are. And, and that was one of them, the, the, the Majak six goals <laughs> against the, the Bulldogs. I, I, I loved Majak. Majak is a dream podcast guest mm. for me. I, I love Majak Dor and he was one of the only players that we've had at this club in my time that I've genuinely, every time he played a game, I was like, I have to watch this. Like absolutely uh, have to watch it. So every game I thought was going to be his breakout game. Was that naive at my point? Possibly, but you know, when he, that season he was in the back line for Majak. Oh, my God, he was incredible. good. Incredible. So yeah. if Combin could do something like that, I reckon he could be a, uh, another like 10 year player for us. Um, cause we're missing that player, that type of player so bad. Like if, if it's not too late, give Majak a one year deal, please. Be, and get him back in that back line as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Wouldn't complain about that. He's, uh, he had some great years there, mm-hmm. um, or a great year specifically. Very um, true. Did, we, did we want to go another player? Yeah. Yeah. Dad, do you want, do you want to go? Or do you want me to go? Um, oh, you go, you go this one. All right. I'll go this one. Um, I've got two more. I've got two more on my list. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what? Let's tease the audience. I've got another big name um, that I might save (laughs) for the end. So I'm going to, I'm going to go the, uh, I'm going to go the lesser option. So, so you lot listen to the end because please listen to the whole podcast. Um, Darcy Tucker, Darcy Tucker. Um, Don't know where he fits. Uh, I guess, is he a midfielder? Is he a halfback? We didn't really see him in the forward line too much. I know he kicked a few goals here and there, but I guess it was more from pushing forward. You know, I don't really trust him with his ball use off the half-back line like I would a Sheasel, a Fisher, a, a Goda, a Bergman. Um, he's not getting into that midfield. I'd still play Greenwood and Powell over the top of him um, in the midfield. I, you know, he's a big body. He's not overly quick. Um he's probably not quick enough to be on a wing. I'm really struggling to see where he fits. And I, I don't, I don't think he gets too many games next year, bar, barring injury, of course, like we've said the whole podcast, but I think maybe in the, in all of the midfielders we've talked about him and Lazaro, I guess mm. are probably the ones that most threats. Like there, there's a good one for you. Tucker or Lazaro, who would you rather have in the team? 
Tucker. I like Tucker. I don't mind Tucker. He's got small aspects that he does. I got small aspects. There's aspects that he does bring because he can play a little bit taller. He can take the marks. Um, he did kick a couple of goals. Um, mm. He was very limited by injuries. Um, and he'll be one of the more mature bodies that came in. Like at the VFL, he's well above VFL standard. Yeah, I've watched for him. sure. But mad, so is Lazaro. But um, what about Tucker or Greenwood then? I still prefer Tucker over Greenwood. Do you really over Greenwood? Greenwood? I do. That's yeah. baffling um, to me. Yeah. Oh, he's got a better range and he can run it. He's a bit more pacey on the outside than Greenwood. Greenwood's best thing is, or the best things for Greenwood for me is he's contested got ball. that contested ball, that strong inside. And I think it's an art in the midfield that isn't as important as it used to be. The one geared midfielders. Um, though he can move forward and take marks, which is a nice asset to have. Um, Man, we, I'm shocked by that. I, yeah. I, I think, uh, Greenwood is miles ahead of, of what Tucker can do, but each to their own, I guess. Yeah. Look, we've got some uh, some hot takes here on the podcast. People, <laughs> people are going to stick around now. I don't even need the big player at the end <laughs> to, to get people listening. I don't mind. I think Tucker, I think you'll see Tucker play. Yeah, I don't 20, mind any of them, but yeah. yeah. 22 to 28 on our list. Like he'll be one that comes in as soon as injuries start happening and injuries mm. inevitably will happen. Yeah, but I I think Powell and Greenwood and Lazaro in that same position. I guess even a Curtis Taylor, I think, is in the same position. And I, I would definitely play Greenwood. I'll probably I'd play Powell over him. Um Tucker or Taylor, probably Tucker. But I I don't see much in Tucker Purse. I think he's a really solid yeah. six out of ten player. And oh, he is a solid six out of ten, I'll give you that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like you know, am I scared when he's got the ball? No, but I'm not thrilled as well. Like you know, he did. I mean, last year, everyone knows my thoughts on this. With like Jack Zebel getting reamed by our fans all year when he played 90 percent of what he did mm-hmm. on the football field was really good. And yeah, he made some big mistakes. But I think Tucker was just as suspect coming off the out of the back line as Jack Zebel was. So I don't know. I yeah. I hope Tucker probably doesn't play a bar injury, to be honest. And once again, not not a criticism on him in particular. It's more just I hope our better, more talented players are healthy. And if he's in the team, I'd say it's only because of injuries, not because of maybe what he can he can produce at his best. Yeah, it's um, it is like I mean I've tried to draw up like I mean when I do as well, I sort of look at who I think best twenty two is at the same time, and I don't have him in our best twenty two. Um, that being said. I don't have Greenwood in that either. I don't have Lazaro in that. These players are not players that are, you know, starting on the field for me. Um, and that's a interesting one to have, though. It's an interesting, but like, I, I don't know. I don't mind uh, the Tucker. <laughs> I've got a soft spot for Tucker. And All I don't right. know why. T- Darcy Tucker is your Jasper Pittard for Marnie. So, <laughs> well, <wait. laughs> I need to see you repping a um, a Darcy Tucker badge at the footy next year. Okay, I need oh, you to gosh. send that through, and I'll post it up on the on the page. <laughs> I'll get a Darcy uh, Tucker badge just on principle now. <laughs> absolutely. Um, all right. Do you want to throw? Have you got Have you got another one? Um, and then we can do my last one. How many more have you got? Yeah. Um, I'll go one more, and I think this one is not because of anything else other than I think he needs. Or I think he'll have a massive year this year. So yep. I think he'll have a massive year, but it's going to be questioned at the end of the year what's going to happen. It's Taron Thomas. Okay, big, big call. Yeah, like he's been obviously a bad boy off the field. Mm. Um, at the end of last year, he was a famously 
with the last six week books. He was a top four player in the comp or last four weeks was a top six player. Top six, um, yeah. By, yeah. He was, uh, and he is clearly, when he came to us to play against Essendon, he's clearly gives something that no one else on our team does. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the year, there's going to be big question marks about him. Is he staying? Is he going? Is he behaved for the whole year? It's going to, it's a contract year for him. Mm. There's a do, lot do you of, think uh, he, um, what do you think he has to do this season to not be in trade or, or free agency talks? Do you think it's just going to, I guess the free agency, free agency talks, talks are going to, it, it's, it's going to happen regardless, but what do you think he, he can do this year to maybe put North a fans minds at ease? Resign early. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and I don't like, I, he won't resign till the end. He'll be, he'll be, my, my gut feel with him is he's going to have a absolute blinder of a season. He'll tear it up. Like I, He genuinely, in my opinion, has capacity to not only be the best on our list, but a top five player in the AFL. He's just yeah. got every single asset that he needs to do that. Um, and the only question mark on him is personality and occasionally effort. But um, the effort ones, you could... He was in a very bad stage in his life at that point as well. So I'll I see him like a Jaden Stevenson where if the team's decent to good, uh, yeah. he's he's going to put in plenty of effort, I think, you know, which is a good and a bad quality, yeah. I guess. Like, you know, you can take that as negative yeah. or positive depending on your perspective on it all. But, yeah, I, I do agree with you with that. Do you know if he's restricted or unrestricted? Uh, restricted. Okay. Well, that, unrestricted that's- next year. Yeah, that that's good. At least he's go, at least he's going to be restricted coming up to the end of twenty twenty four, so we can match if needed or get yeah. more compensation. Like you'd think he'd be getting the money to get us another band one compensation if he did leave. Not that we want oh, that. That of wouldn't course. be this year. That'd be next year. That so this year oh, okay. it would be. They'd have to trade for him. Okay, so and I think yeah. Sorry, you go. Yeah, yeah, they'd have to trade for him. Is the big thing is this year. Mm. Next year would be the uh, compensation packages, and I think he would easily fall into a band run if it was the year afterwards. Cause yeah. I think like he's got like, he's one of those players. who's just like that SNN game. Yeah. Like after all the media or everything needed about him, like the North club did a lot well by him and a lot right by him. Um, but he just came in and he just tore that game apart. Like he gave us something immediately that no one else does. Mm. He does those long runs. He class. kicks at 60 meters. He's just class with the ball in hand and he just creates plays. He's, yeah, he's one of my favourite players to watch, but most frustrating players at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been on the record here saying I back Taron. Mm. I think, you know, as he matures, um, he's going to make better de- decisions going through things like he's done, um, which is he's doing, of course. Um, you know, mm. I, I back him to learn from, and I, I reckon we're getting a, a, a controversy-free season from him, I think. You know, to to be in a small club like this, where the support is there, proper real support is there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, with the with the mistakes he made, having Jen and Sonia like two female sort of leaders at our club, back him publicly, yeah. and then get back into the side, maybe before a lot of people thought. I think he's done a lot right since he come he's come back, and I think he needs the credit for that as well as criticism for what he's done and, and that not showing away from that at all. But I think, you know, I think he deserves a little bit more hype or, or backing from the fan base from, yeah. you know, getting like coming back from that, doing his time, earning the respect back from especially our, you know, sort of female staff members and, and everybody and, and coming back in the team and being a star under, under pressure. And, you know, he can absolutely be the best player on this team 
um, for the next 10 years and win a couple of premierships if he wants to, I guess. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I do agree with you. I, I'm backing him. Does not mean it's locked in? He's not going to do anything? I, I don't know. But, you know, I, I don't think he's the guy who's going to every offseason needs to be like worried about. I think, you know, he's, he made a mistake and, you know, it yeah. was a bad time in his life, but he hasn't, every season hasn't been like that for him. Um, you know, and Taylor Walker is everyone's favorite player again. Dugowie's, you yeah. know, everyone's favorite player again. Um, Bailey Smith is the, uh, maybe not as much right now, but a year ago was the face <laughs> of the league and that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's all down to if the team's winning games, no one's going to care. And I think Taron copped yeah. a lot last year because we were bad and it's easy to pile on North. And, you know, I think there's plenty of other players who have done a lot worse um, and are now fan favorites and all the media and commentary sort of love them. So I'm back in Taron. Um, I think he's a star and I hope he stays because I think he owes the club a little bit now as well. Um, mm. But yeah, look, I think that's a, that's a big call by you, to be honest, putting pressure on him into next season. I know, I know why I know it's not him as a, a player or him talent wise or where he fits in because, you know, I think we oh, both he's agree. He's in our best three. Talented. Yeah. Best yeah. three midfielders, no questions asked, but um, you know, We've had a few months without footy now and, you know, we're, we're going pretty sweet. So I back Taron, but, um, but yeah, I, th- do you think he's, uh, do you back him as well? Like, you know, you don't have to go into too much if you don't want to yeah. about it you know, and, you know, we'll keep it as non-political as possible, but like, yeah. do you, do you back him? Do you think he's, he's going forward? Are you really worried about him in the off seasons or you think it was just a moment in his life? Oh, I mean, like everyone, like, I mean, we're all human. We all make mistakes and, you know, uh, we're all capable of doing things that we'll regret and can learn from as well. We're all learning at the same time. And I think he's definitely, you know, it sounds like, you know, the club's done the right thing and he's done, you know, all the work that the club's saying he's doing and we'll take the club for that. Um, so I, I think he's very capable of, you know, bouncing back. There's a lot of players that have done it, as you pointed out, quite a few good examples like Tex not too long ago was, you know, mm. the worst player in the comp for what he'd done and then, you know, he's put in work and, you know, he's obviously made a mistake and he's obviously grown and learned and he's played good footy now when everyone's sort of, you know, he's one of the greats all time of Adelaide and yeah. he'll always go down as that. Um, Dugowie, you know, not too long ago, he was the bad boy and, you know, going to be put out of their side. He's and, had plenty more scandals and things like that. Oh, than, absolutely. Than like Darren has. So he, yeah. he's a player that every off season I'm like, oh, I don't know, but it's just because of the track <laughs> yeah. record, you know? Yeah. And that's the only, like Taron, like he's footy skills as like, I love watching him play. And he's mm. one of my favorite players to watch when he's going. Um, and I said, like this year, I said, the big concerns for me more so is he's out of contract. Like, and he's, you know, there's been a lot of noise around him at different stages about going to other clubs. Um, so that's it. That's a lot of headlines though, isn't it? Like, I think, oh, yeah. you know, I, this might be it. Let me know if this is a take or not. I, I would, I think Zerha will leave more than Taron would leave personally. Ooh, um, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I just get it. It's all gut feel. Um, but I, I think Zerha has more of a chance to leave than, than Taron Thomas is. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. Obviously, I've got no insight on it. But, you know, yeah. if, if you're going to ask me which one is more likely to leave, I think I think Zerha. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting take. I mean, I'd be probably leaning towards more Taron. And the reason I'd say that is just because for three off seasons, oh, there's been noise. Um, that being said, Bull. Like I, I don't disagree with your position on Bull either. I tend to agree with your position on him. Um, and Taron, like the frustrating thing with Taron is that he's, well, as in if he potentially left, is that he's a play that we definitely need. He does stuff that no one else does. He's like, 
you can recover more from the loss of a bull than you can from a Terran, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that being said, Terran, when I see him celebrating with uh, Jai, like in a few of those games where they're playing together. like Especially the Gold this- Coast game as well. He yeah. was the first into all of those celebrations. And I guess that yeah. was a that was a time for me when I, I think he, you know, deserves a little mm. bit more, oh, not credit's not the right word, deserves a little bit more backing for his love for the club, oh, you know, from those moments. Because if, if, you know, if Sheasel is the first one in, everyone's like, oh my God, you know, look yeah. how much he loves the place. And I, I know why we, we, you know, more doubtful about Taron and I completely get it, yeah. but I don't know. I, I just don't, I think it's easy for the media to make a headline out of him um, because mm. of his off, off field stuff. Um, you know, if the club really wanted to get rid of him because they were concerned about it last year was the time. Um, so yeah, agreed. I don't know, just, just an opinion, not, not my final opinion, I guess. And next year will completely dictate that, but um yeah. I don't know. I just, I just have a weird gut feeling. And I look once again. If Cam Zerha is listening to this, I love Cam Zerha, and I love. Bulls, I think on his Bulls. day, I, I'd nearly say Cam Zerha is more exciting to watch than Taron. Like, and they're, they're both ten out of ten would light yeah. up a football field. But you know, Taron's just a bit more consistent, I guess. But you know, I hope they both sign ten-year contracts and we've got them holding up the cup together <laughs> and they're on the G in a few years. But like, I don't know. Just, just a. Just a gut feeling with my Zerha take. And uh, if I'm right, I'm going to come back and tell you all. I've been saying that for years. I've got the receipts now, you know. So oh, anyway, okay. All right. Let's go. Let's go to the last one. And I think, you know what? I think you've dampened my take here because I think Taryn is a hotter take <laughs> than mine. But the lastly. <laughs> It's Tristan Jane. No, it's Aiden Core. No, it's not. No, it's not. Unfortunately, it's not Aiden Core. I'd love to be sitting here saying Aiden Core is on the hot seat. Um, trust no. me, nothing would give me more pleasure than saying Aiden Core might not play football. No, I'm joking. Aiden Core was good, and uh, I hope he plays as well as he did last year because he's definitely in our best 22. Um, Tristan Jerry, on the other hand, you know, I don't hope he plays at the start um, because I don't. I don't think he's any good. But it's not those two because that's an easy take for me. Um, Everyone would think I would say those things. So, no. My uh, last player that I'm going to name is our co-captain, Luke McDonald. Our co-captain, Luke McDonald. And I just – I think he is in our best 22 to start the year. But I could easily – if he plays like he did last year, which I don't think was atrocious, I think it was below Mm. par and one of his worst seasons, but – I think we all forgot how how good of a player he can be, and I do back Luke McDonald to come back next year and sort of hold down the spot in the twenty two for the whole season. But um, if there's any shades of him playing like he did last season, I could easily see him being under a lot of pressure. Um, I he had a horrendous season compared to by horrendous, I mean he was compared played to out what of he's position. dished up before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, I think he was played a tiny bit out of position. Um, like they tended to use him like on the small forwards a bit more than they did. Um, and he got torched by small forwards. Yeah. Um, he's never been that player like, though. Yeah. Our, our back line has been, was oh, getting, <laughs> yeah. And was getting massacred for a lot. I mean, like it was so like the ball wasn't not going in the opposition. So like, yeah. there was a lot of pressure. Um, I'm not sure the captaincy did him favours. I wouldn't be upset if the club went down to one captain in Jai. Mm. Um, I would go Jai and go Larky and McDonald for Vice, yeah. personally. Yeah, Larky and, uh, yeah, Larky and uh, what do you call it, uh, McDonald is Vice. But I'm not sure that sat, like, I'm not sure if he put more pressure on himself, but compared to what, like, he's had some brilliant games of footy in, like, 2022, 
he was great to watch. Like yeah. every contest, you'd be comfortable that he would win his one-on-ones. Where this season, there was just something, I'm not sure if he was carrying an injury or if he was the responsibility, but something just wasn't clicking. And I, your take is a very reasonable one, I think. And Bergman will be breathing down his neck a bit, though I'm not sure Bergman's ahead of him at all. Goda is going to be, yet again, another player in the similar position. Mm. Uh, she's sure all Fisher. Yeah. But Fisher's not going to be a defending no, backman. No. He's going to be a running. It's the same thing with Sheasel. Sheasel's not a defending backman. He's a running What about backman. Archer? What about Jackson Archer? Well, he's the other player that can hopefully, like my hope for him is that he becomes a lockdown defender because that's what we're sort of lacking. lacking. I mean, Goda, you start, started to see really, there was a couple, I think it was that Saints game, he was brilliant in chopping off a lot of those long kicks and he was taking marks in those areas um, from intercept marks because um, he's got capability to do that. So he's, Goda, I've got really high hopes for this year. Um, Bergman, similar, um, I'd hope for. And then Hardiman, I think will play earlier rather than later and he'll be, Potentially do you think there's a chance, like, you're not are you saying round one? Or, like, what do you think with Hardiman? I think there's I... a sneaky chance. Like, if he has a really good off-season, he's got the capabilities to play round one because his tool set will go across well there. He'll end up doing a lot of – because uh, he marks well, he tackles really well, and I think he'll transition that well, and he can run really well off the halfback line. I think he's a. I think he's more likely to play round one than Dersma would be. Um, really? Which is wow. a bit of a take, yeah. Well, Dersma, taller, a thinner frame – I guess um, I think with Dersma for me, I'm more just like last year with Sheens and everything, just throw them in. We're young. We're, yeah. we're not expected to be good. Just give Dersma minutes. And if he plays three or four games where he doesn't do too much, keep him in there and 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 yeah. show. I mean, if we turn out to be more competitive and we've got chances to win some games, maybe then drop him. But, you know, I I I, I wouldn't be against putting Dersma in our round one team. I, yeah. Look, I guess I don't know as much about Hardiman as you, but, you know, I do agree with like Bergman um, uh, and players like Goda, um, McDonald and Archer. I would, I would be playing all of those over, a, over a hard. I mean, he could definitely earn his spot. Yeah. I mean, I think every position in the back line is up for grabs because it's so poor, yeah. well, but um, you know, I think Hardiman's more so competing with your Bergman's Goda's and probably Lukey Mac. That's yeah. the position he's more, he's not going to be like, he, he can tackle really well, but he'll be a, he'll be running off the back line. But um yeah, it'll be an interesting one. But Lukey Macker said, like, th- those players coming in are going to be the ones that are starting to put more pressure on him. Like, because I don't see him, like, he used to play a bit higher up the ground, but he doesn't have the pace really to go like a, because that's the thing you see with um, Bailey Scott just runs all day. He's an absolute mm-hmm. engine. And uh, what's his name? The new one, Stevens, is an absolute jet. Like, he's yeah. one of the, yeah, huge, huge pace. Like, he's just so fast once he gets going. So he'll be really fast down the other wing. And that's what the club club brought in a lot of pacey people. That's what they really wanted. That's what Fisher's mm. going to do. Um, Sheasel, I don't think as fast, but he's so good at his agility so and ability. Yeah, clean and his agility. He's just so, he gets the clean disposals. Um, so yeah, Lukey Mack, he'll have to play a lockdown defender a lot more. Um, be curious. Who do you think his that. main competition? Who do you think's the one player that maybe is battling Luke McDonald for his spot? Oh, it's, I think you can carry a couple of people in his role, but I'd have Lukey Mack and... Goda will be the first two of those sort of because they're similar size position and they'll be chopping off into the uh, marking spaces of other players and they'll be zoning into it. Uh, mm. Bergman's probably the next one into that space and then Hardiman's another one into that space. Yep. So that's where the depth is sort of at that role. Mm. Yeah, okay. But- yeah, it'll be an interesting season for Luke McDonald. I, like I said, I do think he's in our, our best 22 um, at the start of the season, but 
Yeah, nearly, nearly the uh, out of all the bigger players I named, I think maybe he's probably under the most pressure. Um, you know, mm. I, Simkin, Zerha, and McDonald. Uh, I mean, and Combin uh, are probably the four players who are probably in our best twenty-two um, that are, I named under pressure. But out of those four, I think yeah. Luke McDonald's probably under the most pressure. Um, Should he keep captaincy this year? Uh yeah. I mean, look, like we said before, I think I think. I like the one captain thing. I don't, the two captain, West Coast named co-captains as well, which yeah. I just don't, it's becoming a thing. I don't know. Is it just Gen Z not being able to handle things on their own and getting scared? <laughs> I'm not sure, but um, I, I don't know. I um, I just don't like, I want one face of the club. I want, you know, and ideally, I mean, I, if it's Jai or Larky being our captain, I'd be more than happy with that. I think Larky, yeah. I'd probably say I'd probably want Larky to be the captain, but I, I'm more than happy for Jai to be our captain. But McDonald, he, he's he's a vice captain at best for me. And, mm. you know, ideally for me, um, Jai captain, because I don't want to get I – I think it's unfair to take the captaincy off him um, after having to go through all that last season. Um, mm. Larky and then uh, McDonald, vice captains, and I'd be pretty sweet. Leadership group, I mean, we can talk about that another time, but – yeah, you. What, what, what do you think? Do you think uh, McDonald is, should be captain next year or drop it back? I'd drop it back to Jai and then wait till uh, Sheasel's old enough. Yeah, you see Sheasel as a leader like that already? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the club wants it. The club clearly, that's the direction the club's going. Yeah, I just okay. think you give him a couple more years. Do you think uh, he is maybe seen as more of a future captain than Larky though? Um, I think... Usually when you go captains, you tend to have people that influence the ball a bit more, like in the midfield. Not always and not exclusively, but yeah. a lot of times I think they tend to be midfielders because you can mm, okay. rally the trips a bit more. Um, Larky would be a great captain though. I love Larky and I think he's got a lot of passion and he's, uh, if he was captain in the interim and they gave him a captaincy for a few years as well between, but Cheezles who they're, they're targeting Cheezle. They The club loves Cheezle. I love Cheezle. Everyone loves Cheezle. You can't not love Cheezle. You can't not love the Cheese. Mm, okay. Well, look, that's an interesting discussion. Maybe uh, pre-season I'll talk about leadership groups and things like that. I wonder who they're going to sort of put through that with Cunnington and Mackay and Zeeble yeah. and all these people going. So that'll, that'll be another thing that I guess they name in the new year. So mm. anyway, um, that's basically the episode. Episode done. Um pretty basic episode today just thought we'd get on and chat a little bit about players we think are under pressure clearly for different reasons some are under pressure um you know because they're not quite good enough or not in the 22 some are under pressure for injuries and all that sort of stuff but hopefully it all made sense and we clarified all our opinions please don't come at us saying i can't believe taryn's <laughs> under pressure he's easily now 22 because we we know that so <laughs> please listen to everything we said and don't roast me in the dms um but look uh joel thank you for coming on again and uh, who knows, I'm sure you'll be uh, a semi-regular guest through the, through the season as well. If you're obviously happy to do so. I always happy to join on for a good chat. Beautiful. So, well, yeah, I guess, you uh, want me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, look, mate, you'll be called up for sure. I'm sure there'll be points in the, in the season that I, I need some perspective on some players I think are awful <laughs> and you'll bring the actual logic and calm <laughs> state of mind that I sometimes lack. When Hardeman plays round one, you can. Yeah, you'll be telling me, I told you so. Just like you were, you were right with all of the draft picks as well in the second mock draft we did. 
So uh, you can toot your own horn on that one. You've got the episode to replay to people who uh, who oh, doubt yeah. your uh, your ability on the draft. So if anyone ever criticizes your draft knowledge, uh, we've got that clip to play when you basically in the in the second mock draft predicted all of our sort of late first round picks, all three of them correctly. So um, you're an absolute nutter, mate, and uh, that's why we get you on here. Oh, beautiful. Thanks for having me again. Easy, mate. Well, uh, thank you for coming on again. And uh, yeah, we'll talk again very soon. Thank you to Joel once again for coming on the podcast. Uh, always good to get him on to have a chat. And hopefully we didn't throw out too many controversial things to make you guys upset. But hey, that's where the content's at, right? So let me know if you disagree with any of those. Feel free to message. Tell me I'm an idiot and tell me why I'm an idiot. Because I know I'm an idiot. But if you can explain why, maybe I'll accept it. So... Here we are, 2023. Almost done though. Okay, AFLW chat. So, last Sunday, uh, North Melbourne did play Brisbane in the AFLW Grand Final. Myself, with the close to a flag, lads, Marnie, and uh, some of the other crew came along to that, which was very, very fun. Was it fun at the end of the game? Not as much. Not as much. We started pretty well. Um, what I'm really noticing about these AFLW games is it's really played in between the 50s. And if you can ever get on top of the clearances um, or making space near a clearance, you really have the ascendancy. As we know, North Melbourne's defence all year has been rock solid. Um, and they held up pretty well until the last quarter, to be honest with you. And then that lady, uh, whoever their forward is, she's huge. I swear she's about two metres tall. Anyway, this uh, big two metre tall lady decided to take a couple of marks in uh, the final quarter, kick a couple of goals, and a couple of goals in the AFLW is equivalent to probably five or six in the AFL. So, you know, that sort of put it to bed, you know, early to midway through the last quarter. I think the real thing that stuck out to me other than those things, though, was, like I said, sort of around the clearances, we didn't capitalise on that early and clearance numbers do seem to be a bit skewed just because we get the clearance doesn't mean it's a good clearance and I think you know we didn't do too well getting it out of the middle uh, or out of a ruck contest efficiently and then progressing our uh, the ball forward quickly into the forward line that's basically the things I picked up um, you know there was an injury early on to one of our better players and um, from there we handled it pretty well to be honest, that was right in the first quarter, near the start of the first quarter. And um, for the next three quarters, we basically were the better team on the park, but we didn't quite pull away. We could never quite, you know, convert our play or our better play into scores. Um, and we sort of kept it close. We sort of kicked away. Brisbane got a couple of lucky bounces. Um, I think the goal, the first goal they scored was a very lucky bounce. Uh, that bounced through the goals, uh, you know, bounced outside the goal square. So, look, they stuck in it, they kept at it, and the last quarter they seemed fitter and they were much more efficient coming out of the contest and just getting the ball forward. And, you know, it's sort of like – it's very old-school type footy where, you know, if you do have a big forward that can take a mark, you know, that's going to be such a weapon uh, up front in the AFLW just like the 80s, the 90s and, and all the years sort of before were, unlike today where it's more possession-based and, you know – midfielders pushing forward and kicking two or three goals and that sort of stuff. So look, well done to the girls though. Um, it was, the, the prelim was so exciting and they played so well for the first three quarters and look, they went bad in the fourth, but Brisbane just got on top. So, you know, well done to uh, all the girls in that team. 
And I think every year, year upon year, and me including this year, you sort of win people over slowly. So look, there's probably not too much more to chat at from my end. You know, I've made no secret of I'm new to AFLW. I don't want to try, try and pretend that I know any more than I do um, because why would I bother doing that? But the important thing is I'm learning the players' names slowly. Um, I've gone to a few games this season and watched a bunch on TV and year on year, I'll follow it more and hopefully you guys do as well. And that's the best thing for this league while it grows um, and gets bigger and bigger. You know, we saw what uh, the Socceroos, not the Socceroos, the Matildas did, um, you know, with their World Cup run and how Australia sort of got behind them. And, um, you know, clearly we don't care if it's men or women playing sports. We just care that it's exciting and fun. And that's a great thing about Australia and that's a great thing about um, the Matildas and what the AFLW is doing alongside that this year with getting more people into the game. As the game gets better, we uh, we watch more. So, look, great job to the girls again. Um, let's see what they can do next season because we're fighting for premierships every year by the looks of it. Within the next few years anyway, let's hope. So, yeah, great job to them. If you haven't got on the AFLW yet, please check it out. I understand it's not everyone's cup of tea and that's completely fine as well. But, um, you know, we love what the girls are doing. It's getting better every year and it can be really fun, close footy. I mean, the prelim was one point. So I had a good time and uh, I'll be going back to a few next year as well. So I don't know, not really much more to talk about the A4W grand final. That's sort of how the game went to me. I wish I knew a few more players, but I'll get there. And um, I don't know, we lost. So I don't really want to go on and on about it. Um, next year when we win the grand final, you, you get a whole podcast of me dissecting the game, but you know, positivity on this podcast, so we're not going to talk about the result. But once again, well done to the girls, and I look forward to seeing the Premiership next year. Um, if you guys want good A4W content as well, um, hashtag kangaroos with Dean. He gets some of the girls on, um, which are good podcasts to listen to. So, you know, there's more North Melbourne content for you in the off-season, and soak it up, guys. Soak it up. All right. The only other thing maybe quickly to talk about um, – I don't really know how many more podcasts I'm going to do maybe before next year. There's not really much going on, like like we all know. Um, Hugh Greenwood in Speedos, Marnie's giving you that content. That's fine. Um, Marnie's also giving you uh, Kane Turner overlapping handball to Aiden Core goal from outside the 50 content. Other than that, there's not really much more to say. Charlie Combin did confirm he's going into the back line next year to replace Ben Mackay. That is exciting. Um Myself and Joel sort of did talk about that a little bit and, um, you know, it's it's great. He's perfect for that role. You know, this is Robbie Tarrant 2.0 as far as I'm concerned. I know a lot of people love Charlie and I do as well. I wasn't quite as convinced of him as a forward as maybe some other people. But um, his athleticism, his size, his marking ability, his competitiveness, his overall attitude, I think is perfect for that sort of Ben Mackay replacement role. And I reckon he's going to star in it next year. He'll be our best defender by the end of next season, if not halfway through, in my opinion. So, look, I'm excited for that. Um, And I think that really does fill a massive hole. If we were going in with Core and a a Callan Dawson or um, a Toby Pink... I would be very, very worried. Nothing against those players uh, and hopefully they get their opportunities this year and get very, very good and, and a lot better at their footy. But, you know, we the back line is a place where you need experience more than anywhere else on the field. The back line is so hard and you're under so much pressure all the time, especially being on the North Melbourne Footy Club right now. Um, but, hey, 
Combin and Core down there. It's okay, you know, uh, but I love that Charlie's going down there. So good luck to him. Train up a storm, mate. Um, yeah, okay. I'm going to go have another nap, guys. Seriously, I was cooked this week and I can't believe I left you guys hanging. But here we are. You've got a podcast. Um, will I return next week? I'm not too sure. If anything happens, I think I will. Maybe I'll just do an end of season one to thank you guys for maybe finishing up the first year of the Further North podcast. I'll think of something for that and um, maybe I'll get Marnie on and we'll have a chat because to be fair, you guys probably just come here to listen to Marnie and me argue. So, all right, I'm rambling again. You guys know how I go. Um, talk to you very soon. Love you, bye.